And our New Testament reading today comes from Acts chapter 10, verses 1 through 23. In Caesarea there lived a Roman army officer named Cornelius, who was a captain of the Italian regiment. He was a devout, God-fearing man, as, everyone, as was everyone in his household. He gave generously to the poor and prayed regularly to God. One afternoon, about three o'clock, he had a vision in which he saw an angel of God coming toward him. Cornelius, the angel said. Cornelius stared at him in terror. What is it, sir? he asked the angel. 
And the angel replied, Your prayers and gifts to the poor have been received by God as an offering. Now send some men to Joppa, and summon a man named Simon Peter. He is staying with Simon, a tanner, who lives near the seashore. As soon as the angel was gone, Cornelius called two of his household servants and a devout soldier, one of his personal attendants. He told them what had happened and sent them off to Joppa. The next day, as Cornelius' messengers were nearing the town, Peter went up on the flat roof to pray. It was about noon, and he was hungry, but while a meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw the sky open, and something like a large sheet was let down by its four corners. In the sheet were all sorts of animals, reptiles, and birds. Then a, verse, then a voice said to him, Get up, Peter. Kill and eat them. No, Lord, Peter declared. I have never eaten anything that our Jewish laws have declared impure and unclean. But the voice spoke again. Do not call something unclean if God has made it clean. The same vision was repeated three times. Then the sheet was suddenly pulled up to heaven. Peter was very perplexed. What could the vision mean? Just then the men sent by Cornelius found Simon's house. Standing outside the gate, they asked if a man named Simon Peter was staying there. Meanwhile, as Peter was puzzling over the vision, the Holy Spirit said to him, Three men have come looking for you. Get up, go downstairs, and go with them without hesitation. Don't worry, for I have sent them. So Peter went down and said, I'm the man you're looking for. Why have you come? They said, We were sent by Cornelius, a Roman officer. He is a devout and God-fearing man, well respected by all the Jews. A holy angel instructed him to summon you to his house, so that he can hear your message. So Peter invited the men to stay for the night. The next day he went with him, accompanied by some of his brothers from Joppa.
And our devotion today comes from New Morning Mercies. June 15th, confession is a grace. Only grace can convince you to abandon your righteousness and run to the merciful arms of the Lord. Confession is not natural for us. It's natural for us to think of ourselves as more righteous than we are. It's natural to blame our wrongs on others. It's natural to say our behavior was caused by some difficult circumstances we were in. It's natural to exercise our inner lawyers and defend ourselves when we weren't confronted with a sin, weakness, or failure. It's natural to turn the tables when being confronted and tell our accusers that they are surely bigger sinners than we are. It's natural to see ourselves more as lawkeepers than as lawbreakers. It's natural to point our biblical literacy of theological knowledge as proof of our spiritual maturity. It's natural to be more concerned about the sin of others than our own. It's natural to be more critical of the attitudes and behaviors of others than our own. It's natural for you and me to be blind to the depth of our spiritual need. Because this sturdy system of self-righteousness is natural for every sinner, it is unnatural for us to be clear-sighted, humble, self-examining, and ready to confess. Blind eyes and a self-satisfied, self-congratulatory heart stand in the way of a broken heart of confession. We don't grieve our sin because we don't see it. It is ironic that we tend to see the righteousness we don't have, and we fail to see the right the stains that every the sin that stains our everyday lives. Here's how confession works: You cannot confess what you haven't grieved. You can't grieve what you do not see, and you cannot repent of what you have not confessed. So one of the most important operations of God's grace is to give us eyes to see our sin and hearts that are willing to confess it. If our eyes are open and you see yourself with accuracy and if your heart is humbly willing to admit to what your eyes see, you know that glorious rescuing, forgiving, and transforming grace has visited you. Why? Because what you're doing is simply not natural for sinners. In the face of their sin, Adam blamed Eve. Eve blamed the serpent. And both of them hid, but neither stepped forward and made and made willing and heartfelt confession. So cry out today for eyes to see, that is, for accurate personal insight. Cry out for the defenses of your heart to come down. Ask God to defeat your fear of being exposed, of being known. Cry for the grace to be willing to stop, look, listen, receive, grieve, confess, and turn. Stand with courage and hope before the searching and exposing mirror of the Word of God, and be unafraid. Stand naked before God and know that all that is exposed has been fully and completely covered by the shed blood of your Savior. Because of Him, you don't need to be afraid of your unrighteousness. No, it is your delusions of righteousness that are the grave danger.
And our reading from Psalms today comes from Psalm 133, verses 1 through 3. How wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers live together in harmony. For harmony is as precious as the anointing oil that was poured over Aaron's head, that ran down his beard and onto the border of his robe. Harmony is as refreshing as the dew from Mount Hermon that falls on the mountains of Zion. And there the Lord has pronounced his blessing, even life everlasting. And a reading from Proverbs is Proverbs 17, 7 and 8. Eloquent words are not fitting for a fool. Even less are lies fitting for a ruler. A bribe is like a lucky charm. Whoever gives one will prosper.
my weakest moment I see you shaking your head in disgrace I can read the disappointment written all over your face here come those whispers in my ear saying who do you think you are looks like you're on your own from here Grace could never reach that far But in the shadow of that shame
Take this heart and breathe it back to life. 